This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Coming up on today's episode, Melody Grand Prix, UMK, lots more besides, and Eurovision Songs in the Wild. It's time for the Eurotrip. The Eurotrip, when I read that, I was immediately thinking of the movie. Do you know the movie? <laughs> Hi, I'm Leanne. Hello, Leanne. Uh, Leanne, are you a Eurotrip podcast listener? I am, yes! <laughs> I, I should say, I met some Eurotrip fans here. I was chatting with people outside the entrance, and they said, Oh, are you, are you Bella Fist? And I said, Yeah, I know you're from the Eurotrip. What did you have for breakfast? It was last night. I did not have a kebab for breakfast. Queen Lorene, Eurovision winner. Did you ever think you would be back here again? I get goosebumps. No way! Martin Ostadar, executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. Welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much. Welcome back, I think it is, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week, and we say it every week, but we truly believe it and we mean it this week, a bumper episode with not one, not two, but three guests to both look back at the weekend's action and to look ahead at another busy weekend in the world of Eurovision, James. Yes, it was our first super Saturday of the season, or stressful Saturday as I billed it last week. Uh, where we had plenty of national selections to keep us busy. Uh, One of them, Rob, that was on our TV screens, was Norway. Yeah, an incredibly entertaining Melody Grand Prix over in Trondheim at the weekend. Maybe a surprise result, maybe not. Gotta winning, beating Kaino, just... They looked heartbroken, didn't they, to have just Mm. missed out. And, of course, the big talking point, had the voting system stayed the same as it had been done previously, then Kaino would be representing Norway again. But they are not. 
we discuss everything that happened with Vivi Stenberg, who was Stig Carlson's predecessor. So she used to be in charge of Melody Grand Prix over in Norway. She's got lots of thoughts, and you'll hear them all in a bit. Yes, and then we will look ahead to this coming weekend as UMK in Finland comes to our screens for another one of this season's most hotly anticipated national finals. I'll be chatting first to Susie from Cyan Kicks. They are making their return to the competition. And then I'll also chat to the executive producer of the show itself, Ansi Autio, to get all of his thoughts on this weekend's show. And we haven't forgotten, we know there's so much more as well. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. Yes, loads to come on this episode. And I know we only mentioned Norway and Finland there. There was so much else that happened at the weekend and so much more to come uh, this coming weekend. We'll cover it all in the news in just a moment. Uh, but first, I want to quickly read out this message that we got over on Buy Me A Coffee. You can head over there to support what we do here on the podcast. That's buymeacoffee.com forward slash Eurotrip podcast. And we got a lovely message over the weekend from uh, Michael, who said, I've been a Eurovision fan for decades, but only just started devouring the pod, which is a lovely term, I must admit. <laughs> uh, you can thank your friends at Aerovision for that. Uh, the the wonderful uh, Lou and Connor who do the Aerovision podcast. He says, loving your content so far. And as an Irish fan, I've especially loved your coverage of our national selection at the best Irish national final for years, in my opinion. I haven't been this excited in our own entry for such a long time. I'm really excited to hopefully hear Bambi on the pod in the future. Yes, fingers crossed. Uh, Keep up the good work and see you guys in Malmö. Thanks, Michael, uh, who bought us five coffees. So really, really appreciate it. The caffeine hit we will get from those virtual five (laughs) coffees, honestly. But yeah, thank you very much, Michael, for that. And also thank you to to Connor and Lou on Aerovision because they were always very, very nice about us and in the same way that I would say that we are also nice about them because they do a great job so yeah lovely stuff indeed yes I was going to quickly mention something else about Aerovision as well I know last week we talked about that giveaway on uh, on Eurosong you remember the spa giveaway and I said what did they give away the uh, the previous year well Lou got in touch said she'd been listening apparently they gave away peanut butter last year which I don't <laughs> I don't recall but fair play if you're a peanut butter fan must have been good to be in the audience last year Oh, fingers crossed for the butter next year, though, as in just <laughs> pure butter. That, that's what I'm hoping for next year. I don't know what else could they give away. Oh, what's the, the crisp brand in Ireland? Tato. Hopefully they give away some Tato crisps <laughs> next year. Oh, James, we've got this far in. We've not said the words. Petra's back. Petra is back. What a joy. Where were you when you found out that she is going to be returning to the Eurovision stage? It'll be her third time hosting. Where were you? Uh, You'll be pleased to hear that you were the one that broke the news to me because, and this is very unlike me, I had just been for a run on a Monday morning and I got back and there were quite a few messages that I'd missed. But the first one that I saw on my phone, you know, when you get a little preview of the message, Mm. was just you and those exact words in capital letters, Petra's back. What about you? (laughs) Uh, Well, funny enough, um, I was just sitting at home eating breakfast. I know it was 10 o'clock. I was having a lie in. I didn't have anywhere to be. (laughs) And I was sitting eating breakfast and then my phone went ping. And it was just that alert on my phone with, with the press release to say that 
Petra will host Eurovision 2024. Uh, just uh, perhaps we weren't necessarily expecting it. We, we've talked about it here on the podcast quite a few times. Um, some people were expecting it, a lot weren't. But generally, I think everyone is just over the moon. Yeah, thank you very much to Michael in New York, by the way. Remember Michael in New York? He's still listening, mm. James. Maybe still <laughs> from the roof terrace. Uh, new listeners. Michael is a long-time listener from New York who sometimes listens from his roof terrace. Yes, that is more glamorous than how I listen to the podcast, definitely, and, and probably most of you listening as well. Uh, Michael uh, tweeted us to say, the Apple Podcasts push alert about your bonus Petra episode this morning was the way I found out about this glorious, glorious news. Uh, that bonus episode that Mike was talking about, James. Yes, we brought you that on Monday. So it was a double episode day on Monday. We brought you Melfest Monday, all the reaction to Melody Festival. And, but then also we decided to bring out from the vault, from our own archives, the chat that I had with Petra back in the summer of 2021 as part of our uh, Contest and Me series. It was a very rare, exclusive English language interview that uh, Petra did with us. Uh, So we decided to bring it out and allow you to hear that maybe again, if you were a long-time listener, or for the very first time, if you are brand new round here. So if you haven't listened to that already, make sure you scroll back and have a listen to that in your spare time and let us know what you think of it. And we have to say, of course, Petra is not hosting Eurovision 2024 alone. Uh, She is hosting with Malin Ackerman. I think that's right, James. She is a brilliant... I say I think that's right, James. I I know that is right, James. I just wasn't sure on the pronunciation. Yeah, I've not heard it pronounced yet. I think she does it in that sort of English or American way, like Malin Ackerman. But then I was wondering, is it not the Swedish way, like Malin Ackerman? So I'm not entirely sure yet. It'll be like singy-songy, won't it? Malin Ackerman. (laughs) <laughs> Marlin Ackerman and Pietra Mirda. If, if by the way, you want to know how to say Petra's name properly, that's also in James's mm. interview with Petra. So, so if that's not reason enough to listen, I don't know what <laughs> is. But yeah, amazing news. Uh, where were you when you heard the news? Do let us know on socials. And that is not the only thing that you have been telling us about on socials over the last few days. Because James, it is now time for a favourite of mine and a favourite, I think, of yours, and something that we mentioned on last week's podcast, Eurovision Songs in the Wild. Yes, I think this is definitely your favourite thing we've ever done on the podcast. Never mind all the big names we speak to and bring to you listening. Eurovision Songs in the Wild is arguably Rob's favourite thing we've ever done. I just love the stories. I just love the stories of where people have heard Eurovision songs. So Eurovision Songs in the Wild is basically where are the weird places you've heard a Eurovision song that wasn't Eurovision, obviously, and what were they and where were you? Tell us your story. We'd love to hear it. We asked over the weekend for some of yours and you have got in touch in your droves. Yes. So over on Twitter, at Eurotrip Podcast, uh, Oliver got in touch. I'll bring you this one first because I think it it sounds like it fits because Oliver heard uh, Rosalind snap in Marks and Spencers. But that song is just so retail, isn't it? You could go into any shop and you would you would hear a song like that. Uh, but a couple more that uh, caught my eye. Uh, Val said that they heard Tattoo uh, in a South American barbershop, uh, which is nice. Yeah. Really, really nice. Uh, one of my favourites uh, from Love... Well, great username, given what we've just talked about. Uh, love, Love, Peace, P1. I don't think you can nice. quite fit Love, Love, Peace, Peace. Mm, nearly, nearly there. <laughs> I said, I heard Tonight Again in a Matalan in Bognor Regis. 
We did say, didn't we? We said that uh, people like Michael in New York are over there listening to this podcast on their balcony. But we've also managed to mention a Massalan in Bogner Regis, so it's not all glamour on the podcast. Uh, a few more. Uh, Tom said, Evie Adamu's La La Love in a, in a shopping centre in northern Lithuania. Honestly, the, <laughs> nice. the, more, the, more, the more remote or abstract the location, the better. And on that same theme, uh, Chris said he heard My Sloany by Cleo and Donatan while at Falkland Farmers, a shop in the Falkland Islands. As if. As if. Uh, Pete said he heard Stephania in a home bargains. To <laughs> stay, with the, stay with the supermarket theme. Uh, Rowan said he heard Iceland 2020 on an Australian dash cams video on YouTube. <laughs> And finally, Kat, you can have the last one. Uh, Kat said she heard Australia 2018 at a Chinese buffet restaurant. Brilliant. Keep them coming. If you've heard a Eurovision song in a while, do let us know. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can also email us hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Music means one thing. It is time for the very latest news from the world of Eurovision. And James, you have already referred to it as Stressful Saturday, Super Saturday, Busy Saturday, and also Sunday, as it turned out last weekend, as four countries selected their entry for the Eurovision Song Contest. We'll have a bit of a chat about them in just a second, but in order, you are about to hear the entries from, and this is the order in which they were picked. Very, very highly produced, this podcast, let me tell you. (laughs) Norway, Spain, Malta, and Ukraine. songs added to the class of 2024 thoughts yes uh generally busy weekend as you said and some great national finals uh some great variety in those songs we should name check them shouldn't we i don't think we have yet uh, so it was gota uh in in norway who won melody grand prix nebulosa in spain who won benedom fest then sarah bonici in malta and then aliona aliona and jerry heil in ukraine busy and I think we've got a mix of probable placings in there. I don't think it's fair for us to say where we think they'll finish, but I think it's safe to say (laughs) 
some of them will probably do better than others. And one of them, at least, I think, could be towards the top of the leaderboard. Do you think? I think so, yes. So, very, very busy. And we will attempt to do our best, of course, as ever, to speak to more of the class of 2024 as we get closer to Malmö. So you might hear some of those artists and some of those acts on the pod in the coming months. And then, James, we will, of course, talk about Melody Grand Prix in a bit more detail shortly. But it gets busier this week. San Remo, of course, returns. At the time at which you're listening to this, San Remo has already returned. It kicks off on Tuesday, or kicked off on Tuesday, rather. Yes, so for San Remo fans, and we know there's a lot of you out there, uh, is it's probably one of your favourite weeks of the year, isn't it? It's for me. I've said this plenty of times. It's not a national final. I dabble in a huge amount, uh, but I know it's hugely popular. Um, so yeah, uh, they're probably not even listening to this because they're so engrossed in San Remo already. Yeah, we will of course do our best to bring you reaction to whatever happens in San Remo over the coming days because there is always gossip, there is always drama and there is always an excellent winner. So we'll do our best to talk about that on the podcast next week. And also coming up at the weekend, we will find out who is representing Latvia as well. We've got the final of Supernova and James as well as Melfest Heat number two, which of course you'll be reacting to on next week's episode of Malfast Monday and have previewed on the latest episode of Malfast Monday (laughs) we have got the fifth heat in Lithuania where I think we see the Roop on stage for the first time this national selection season Uh, yeah busy lots going on we're going to talk about UMK in a little bit because that is as James you've already said hotly anticipated that takes place this Saturday Anyone, I think, could really take the crown. Some hugely popular artists in that with huge fan bases. But if we throw it back a little while, Melody Grand Prix was on Saturday night. And James, you watched along. And I think, all things considered, you had a lovely time. I did, yeah. I I missed the the very beginning, I must admit. Uh, But I soon caught up. And what a great show. We talked last week about how the production of Luxembourg's national final was sort of on a on another level, especially compared to what we were expecting. But I must touch on the return of Eurovision winners in uh, in national final interval acts because I feel like we're getting more and more this year than we've ever had before. Who did we have? Honestly, I missed it because I was up in Manchester seeing some friends. So who do we have in MGP? Uh, well, you'll be pleased to know I've made a list of all the ones I think have performed in national final interval so far this year. Um, is this is this on a new spreadsheet or is this just another tab on your pre-existing mega spreadsheet? No, it, in fact, it's not even made it to a spreadsheet yet. It's just in my notes app. Um, so just so you know who we've seen so far, at least I think so. Let me know if I've missed any. Uh, Vicky Leandros, Anne-Marie David, Bobby Sox, Carola, Katrina, Charlotte Pirelli, Ruslana... Alexander Reback, Jamala, and Kalush Orchestra. So that's across Luxembourg, Ireland, actually, because we saw Kalush Orchestra pop up there and Melody Grand Prix at the weekend. I don't think I've missed any more from other national finals, but do let me know if I have. I'm keeping a track of them. Very, very good. Thank you for clasing all of that. But of course, we saw the eventual winners of the whole thing representing Norway, uh, Gotta, who, James, I saw a stat on social media before we recorded the pod. Since the last time that Norway sent a song to Eurovision in Norwegian, there have been 54 other languages performed at the Eurovision Song Contest. Right. That is impressive stat. I like it. Tell, tells you how long 
it's been since they sent a song in Norwegian. Yeah, not just you that can do the stats. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Gotta have won. They'll be representing Norway. At Kaino coming incredibly close again and finishing in second place, even closer than when they came second uh, to Ticks, of course, back in, in 2021. But all around a fantastic show. So I thought it was only right that we take a look back at all of the action. And to do that, I have been chatting to Vivi Stenberg. So Vivi is Stig Carson's predecessor. So she was responsible for Melody Grand Prix back in the mid-2010s. She'll tell you about that and what her, her role was. So she's the perfect person to talk to. We talk all about Norway at Eurovision. We also talk about her thoughts on the winners. And I started by asking for her thoughts on the show itself. I did watch... And I had such a blast. Uh, I was supposed to go out. I had totally uh, misbooked uh, a uh, dinner. And luckily, the reservations weren't there. So we were able to just say, and I kept. I said to my friends, too bad. Can we please watch <laughs> MGP? And so we just rolled in. We were at this friend's house and we rolled in the biggest uh screen and just ordered pizza and had some bubbles and just ended up having a fantastic uh time that sounds like an incredible saturday there's always something special isn't there as well about watching tv like mgp with a group of people it just makes the whole experience different yeah it's true it's true it was weird not being there live i've I've seen so many of the mgps live but it was it was a good uh substitute (laughs) i i have given the listeners a little bit of an idea in your introduction but do you want to do that for us as well just just tell everybody listening to this how you were involved with mgp in the past yes i was the uh the head of music for the norwegian selection for uh actually only three years but it was between uh 2013 and 2015 so uh uh, I was asked by the Norwegian broadcaster, had no idea they would ask me, and I wasn't able to say no, because who would say no to having the chance to be part of, of such a such a TV history? And, and uh, I had worked in music and music journalism for a while, so it was, it was a really uh, fun and uh, all-encompassing uh, job for, for three years. And since then, I've been uh, not too much involved. I mean, I, I've, I've been a colleague of Steve Carlson and, and I'm good friends with, with several of the people who, who work on the production. So I've been following uh, with both professional uh, interest and, and as a friend. Well, given all of that, obviously there are loads of questions I, w- I want to ask you in our, <laughs> in, our, in our short chat. The next one has to be then... What do you make of the winner? Gotta winning and Norway sending Norwegian to Eurovision for the first time in a long time. <laughs> it's about bloody time, isn't it? If I can uh, swear on your show. <laughs> no, I think it, it's it's wonderful. Uh, I mean, obviously, having had my first year uh, in the Eurovision bubble with um, working with Margaret Berger and her I Feed You My Love, I had... Margaret's song and and her performance was uh, something that I really, uh, really liked. And and I love uh, Margaret and I would have loved to see her on the Eurovision stage again. But but I have to say that also Gota, um, who I'm follow, who I've followed uh, as a music journalist for many, many years. um, I think it was so much fun to see them on that stage. Back in the days when I was uh, working on another music show, you know, it was something we would never have thought that they would be part of MGP. And it's so cool to see that, you know, they're um, 
career and MGP's history kind of finally merged and and they did it with a song that was so cool and so visual and and so unique and I I'm I'm super stoked to see them on the on the big stage. What what I think it, it, and I think it was a good winner absolutely. What does it say about MGP's position in the Norwegian music scene I suppose then the fact that that a band like Gotta are willing to to do Melody Grand Prix when maybe and you know feel free to tell me I'm wrong maybe in the past they wouldn't have done so well I think uh you know it's been uh, MGP I mean it goes through different kind of faces and for for different artists and and it's always fun to see when when artists that you never really envisioned would want to uh, enter that stage comes to a point in their career or they're just uh, finally realizing how much fun it would be <laughs> and and they and they enter the stage and and um, I don't know if it's something that happens now for a reason I think it it it's kind of an ebb and a flow and it it, it happens with with um, certain. Um, uh periods of time that 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 happens but you know all stars aligned and and it was just perfect that, that this was the time for them i think so but but definitely it's been it's been a workout you know hard work from from personas to myself and now steve carlson who has been working for so many years and and the longevity of his work definitely pays off you you can see that you know he has he has he's been been there for a long time and been able to work with managements and producers and artists etc so so it it always helps to have some longevity in that job which i didn't but hey <laughs> one of the one of the biggest changes and and one of the changes that stig brought in of course for for this year was changing the weighting of the voting which I know is something mm-hmm. that he he has potentially been keen to see at Eurovision as well not just MGP but we saw uh, 60% of the votes of course came from the the voting public this year and, and then 40% from the jury had mm-hmm. of course you know the system stayed the same as it had previously Pino would have would have won would have represented Norway once again what do you make of the of the shift to taking into account more of the the public's opinions than the the juries i haven't really given that much thought to that i mean i i like the idea that people get an extra little weight but i mean there's so many ifs and buts etc so um i'm i've never been the one to say oh if we only done it this way then someone else would have won etc now we have got as the winner and and there's no point of looking looking back and and of course it's i'm sure it's it's heartbreaking for kind to be so close uh but this was the way it was done this year so um and and i you know in, in this year of um what is it this call this year called 2024 is called the year of democracy because there's so many elections all around the world i think it's only fitting that you know the people get an extra weight uh, as far as the 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 percentage goes so i i, I liked it vivi I've, I've got some some kind of viewing figures in front of me because mm-hmm. you know we've seen as you were talking about the music in MGP kind of goes through phases. I mean, if I take your your last year in, in charge of MGP, mm-hmm. 1.25 million people uh, tuned mm-hmm. in. This year, that was around 843,000. So so quite mm-hmm. a, a drop off. Is MGP as popular as it, as it always has been? And people are just viewing it differently and viewing habits have changed in that time? Or, or has it lost its place as a crown jewel in, in kind of NRK's schedule? I don't think it's lost its its place at all. Uh, I think there's always several reasons why there's some some uh, changes in in or not changes, but it's a little difference in in the viewing figures. And if you look at my three years, I think 
the first year uh it was we had decent uh, figures the second year we had really low figures because we tried a different model that didn't work and and you know we, we tried and and then we we went for a a third ty type of of um competition that you know um gave us some really high figures but that was also because we only had one finale we didn't have the semifinals so it you know we kind of um how do you say it comprised everything and 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 you know uh, made it maybe easier to to for many people to to gather around it so uh but of course linear tv has since then that's like what Eight years ago, linear TV has gone through some really uh, tough changes since then. So, so to be able to gather nine hundred thousand or almost nine hundred thousand uh, in a, in a country of five million, I think that's um, it's still pretty substantial. <laughs> and I, and I know that when the when the international the Eurovision Song Contest uh, finale is. If we get to the finale, <laughs> of course we do. Uh, we will have great numbers again. We always see that. So, so I wouldn't be too worried. But of course, it's important that such a huge show and a costly show, which it is, uh, has a lot of viewers. Of course. Finally, then to Malma. You mentioned Malma was, of course, your your first year in the role with Margaret Berger. I mean, before we get anywhere else, I mean, have you got any tips? What's it like as a city for anyone who's <laughs> anyone who's, who's heading there in May? It's funny because I hardly remember anything about the city apart from uh, just just all the you know the fun we had and all the hard work we we had at the at the venue and back and forth from the hotel etc. But it has a beautiful remember this it has a beautiful old city or old town etc. And it's really it's really nice. And I remember after the after the finale and after the the after party i was just so starving and i was i told the, the taxi driver I, I left by myself and i told the taxi driver drive me to to where you have the best kebabs in town <laughs> and of course uh malma having a huge uh muslim population he just drove me straight out to the suburbs <laughs> and <laughs> i'm like okay so i got the best kebab <laughs> far from the <laughs> city and and we went back and it was it was a journey to remember <laughs> and, and, so, and, and was it a kebab to remember yeah, it was a kebab to remember. It was awesome, but I well, came in my in my gala dress, and the people there. It was like three o'clock in the morning, and they're like, "What the heck?" <laughs> so I remember that. But uh, it's just Malmo was a great uh, host city, and and it was it was fun. And, and finally, then on on Eurovision itself, we've seen Norway have some pretty decent results in in the last few years. Of course, Alessandra mm -hmm. doing incredibly well. Of course, in Liverpool as well. Yep. Got a got a, a completely different act, completely like completely different type of music. You know, not comparable in the slightest. But are you still confident that Norway can get themselves a really good result in Malmo? Yes. Vivi, thank you so much for joining us on the Euro trip. It has been brilliant to chat to you. A great insight, and really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll speak to you again. Likewise, nice to be here. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Like what you're hearing? Make sure to leave us a review and a rating whenever you're listening. Welcome back to the Eurotrip podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Tuning in? Do people tune into a podcast? Is that the right term? Oh, I mean, is that a bit, that a bit <laughs> retro? Tuning in sounds a bit better than tapping in. Because I suppose, I suppose <laughs> technically, what have you done? Have you tapped in? I suppose you. Probably, Thanks for pressing play. You have, yeah. yeah. You've pressed play, yeah. We'll, we'll say tuning in. People know what you mean. Yeah, welcome anyway, uh, and great to welcome Vivi onto the podcast as well. She was a great guest. Yes, she was fantastic to speak to. Very unique, very uniquely positioned in terms of obviously the role that she did have on Melody Grand Prix, and also lovely to get some Malmo travel tips from her, and I will be seeking out that kebab that she mentioned. Fingers crossed, that kebab shop is still in Malmo, what will be, what, 11 years since uh, VB was there last. Now then, let's look ahead to this coming weekend. As we mentioned before, UMK, the national final in Finland, hits our screens on Saturday night. Uh, There's going to be seven artists in contention. You you might remember we spoke to Jesse Markin uh, a couple of weeks ago. He'll be competing with his song Glow. Well, this week, we are welcoming back Cyan Kicks to the podcast. We last spoke to them uh, in 2022 when they were last in the competition. Uh, but this year, they are back with a brand new song called Dancing with the Demons. Uh, now, last week, I caught up with the lead singer, Susie. Uh, and this is what happened. Susie from Cyan Kicks. Uh, hello and welcome back to the Eurotrip. It's nice to speak to you. Love to be here. Thanks for asking. Thanks for having me. Um, yes. Here yes. we are again. Here we are again. We spoke to you two years ago. Of course, you did UMK two years ago um, and came yeah. oh so close. Second place uh, it was that time. Uh, but it must be great to be back in the competition, right? It is great to be back. We're super honoured to be back. Yeah. Uh, when and did... such a powerful song with what... such a powerful song. Exactly. I remember when I first heard this, it was the first song of UMK that I heard this year. And it just like, it was like a punch to the face in a good way. Like it just hit me so hard. <laughs> it was so powerful. When did you write the song? Talk us through the songwriting process for Dancing with Demons. It was a pretty long process. Um, was it last April or I can't remember when we started it. <laughs> we started, we were at the studio with Neela, our guitarist and, and producer. And we were just writing songs for an upcoming album, which will be out early next year. And then we started to 
um, when we started a new song, it was a, really, the last song we wrote that day. Uh, I mean, what we started today, that day. And I just had this melody in mind. This came from out of nowhere. La, da, da, da. And I was, I said to Neil, like, oh my God, I want the chorus to start like that. Like, <laughs> what do you think? And he was like, yeah. And then, and he, and then Neil was like, La, da, 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 da. and that has to be the last melody for the chorus and we were both so hyped like yeah this is, this is gonna be the best chorus we've ever made and and then we had uh, already planned this uh writing session with Elise Root and Sarah Ryan they are our favorite songwriters and they like they're like our uh, the group that we would like to write uh together a lot because we're really good friends um and everything so they came to our studio it was last, uh, the, uh, last, I can't remember when it was. You're not, was... you're not good with your dates, are you, Susie? You can't really work out. You need a diary. You need a diary. I, I need, because my head, I, my head is a mess. I, I can't remember <laughs> anything. Anyway, they came to our studio and we were like, okay, we have some idea here. Like, we feel that this is going to be really huge. So let's do this. And we started to work with this song. And it only had like few melodies, a uh, few ideas and, and all the kind of things. But we didn't have a, the idea, um, I mean, the story, what, what the song would be about. And then somehow we started to talk about uh, supernatural experiences. And Ellie's told her story when she saw a ghost. <laughs> she saw like really creepy things standing in front of her. And that story was amazing. And that was something that inspired us to, you know, to, to dive into this kind of a uh, world, ghost, inner demons and everything. And that's how, that's how it started to build the song, the story of it. And you worked with Dan Lancaster uh, recently as well for, for this, and, and he's a huge deal, isn't he? He's a big songwriter. He's written for you know the likes of Bring Me the Horizon, Muse, and bands like that. It's such an honor to work with a, a guy like him, right? Oh yeah, he's a he's a genius, and uh, Dan has uh, mixed our songs. He mixed a couple singles for for our latest album, I Never Said Forever, and when we worked with him, I was like. This, I, I mean, he understands so well what we're doing, you know, our, our style and everything. So we were thinking uh, while doing this song, like, should we ask uh, Dan to join as a songwriter? And he said yes. And then we went to London to, uh, to the studio to work with him. And that was amazing. When did you decide you were going to submit this to UMK? Or was it always going to be submitted for the competition? Quite early, we didn't have much. Uh, I think we had those. Mel I think we had the the chorus almost ready when I had the feeling that okay, this might be it. I mean, no, not even might be it. This is it. <laughs> yeah, because I, it just felt so right. And I always, you know, because after after the UMK final 2022, I I I was thinking that I want to reapply. I want to get us back, and that has been the dream to do to do that to make it happen and I've been only waiting for that right song to come along because I want to have the feeling I don't want to 
look look for it. I, I don't want make a song for it because it never works. And what is it about UMK that makes you want to come back? Of course, it's the song. You have to have the right song. You, you say that. But what is it about the competition that draws you in? Why do you want to? Why do you want to go back? We want to win, and we want to represent Finland in Eurovision. That's the that's the big goal, right? That's the yeah, big dream. I, I, it is. Yeah, we want to do that. We're and we're we're not giving up. We're not like we don't give up easily. What is it about Eurovision then for you? You know, growing up for you, were you a big fan of of watching Eurovision? Of, were you inspired by certain artists on that stage and thinking, like, when I'm older, I want to, I want a piece of that? I mean, it's just it would be so, such a great honor to represent Finland and Eurovision. It's so it's you know, I know. It's, it's, we it, all know. It, it would be, <laughs> yeah, we all know. It would be just so. It it would be a dream come true to to uh, represent Finland and of course it would help us a lot as well because um, our goal is to grow as big as possible so to be able to perform on stage at the Eurovision that would help us a lot so we want a cyan kicks world tour that's that's what we're dreaming for right that's what we're dreaming of yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> last one for me it's not long to go until UMK of course can you give us like a sneak peek of what your stage performance is going to look like well, um, do you remember our show two years ago? Yeah. Is it going to be like so that... supersized? <laughs> there will be something similar. Yeah, there will be a connection with our show two years ago. It's totally different, but still there is something similar from that. And this time, because two years ago, we were, of course, it was it was just perfect visually. It was uh, stunning. It was, I loved it. But we were also a little bit far away from the audience and far far away from each other. We didn't have any connection uh, on the stage. We couldn't because that was the um, light thing, how you describe it in English, I don't know. But, but we couldn't be close to each other. And this it's the thing that we do a lot of when we play live, that I'm always um, almost hugging the guys while I'm singing. <laughs> and I love it. And this time we will be... Like there will be a lot of interaction between us, but also um, with the audience. So we're going to let the audience really close this time. Very, very exciting. So it's going to be like a Cyan Kicks performance like you would see on tour. So it's going to be like that, but on our TV screens, which is very, very exciting. Oh, yeah. Uh, Susie, thank you so much for your time uh, and best of luck for UMK uh, real soon. Thank you so much. We will do our best. So you've just heard there, James and Susie from Cyan Kicks. And James, I know we we try not to be biased here on the podcast, and we've already had Jesse Markin on the pod, but Cyan Kicks' UMK entry has rapidly become one of my most played songs, I would say, over the last couple of weeks since it was released. I've been properly getting into that. I'm a bit of a bit of a rock chick, to be honest with you, James. I, <laughs> I enjoy that. You're a rock chick. Yeah, I can be whatever I want to be, James. It's 2024. <laughs> fair play, fair play. It's a real earworm. It really, really is. I'm excited to see what that stage performance looks like uh, on Saturday night. Yeah, me too. But also, as we know, the whole show will be something to look forward to because UMK over the last few years has has become, I was going to... Uh, I was going to call it Europe's favourite national selection show. And I know you have that title reserved for Melody <laughs> Festival. And that... that other people may say that that title goes to, to Sweden's near neighbours over in Finland. Well, it's become my phrase of the season, hasn't it? It's perhaps one of the most hotly anticipated national finals. 
when are you going to start retiring that? I mean, when we're talking about the national final in Moldova, is that still going to be the most hotly anticipated national <laughs> oh, final sure. of the series? It's become a bit of a crutch for me. It's just a, it's just a throwaway comment if I'm struggling for something to say. It's hotly anticipated. Uh, anyway, we are talking about UMK and we're going to stick on that topic because Ansi Audio is the executive producer of the show and he has been uh, since he founded it uh, back in 2012. Rob, do you remember the winner? In 2012... Um, it was in Finnish, and they had an accordion. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is like a precursor to the one second Did song, they? isn't it? <laughs> Did they? Did they? Did they? I don't know. I think that's right. Pernilla Carlson. You keep talking, and I'm going to search for Pernilla and see whether she had an accordion with her. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to get to the point where we hear the interview, and then you can chip in. Uh, because since 2012... The format of UMK has changed up quite a bit. We've had plenty of big names. You'll remember Darude, the Rasmus, Sarah Alto as well. No accordion, by the way. Sorry, I was wrong. Massive violin. No accordion. Okay. Well, thanks for chipping in. Uh, well, anyway, as we know from uh, chatting to Susie just there, the 2024 edition is just a matter of days away. Uh, and I sat down with Ansi at the end of last week to get to know more about him and his thoughts on the competition. Ansi Autio, welcome to the Eurotrip. How are you? Well, I'm good. A little bit tired, but uh, that's obvious. And uh, otherwise, uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Nice to have you here. Yeah. Tired is probably the most important word to uh, to executive producers of Eurovision national selection shows. So uh, <laughs> you're probably not the only one out there who is uh, a little bit tired at this time of year. Is there any room in there for, for excitement for you? you? You mentioned you were tired. Surely there's there, there's room for the excited emotion as well, is there? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, tired and excited. But um, and it's it's so nice to um, to have uh, like uh, so much audience this time because we we have been in a, in a in small places, smaller places before. And this year we have, um, I think, total in 18 thousand people for two shows so that's that's a lot and how do you think it's gotten to the point it, it is now uh, and the size of it is it just carrier from last year or is there a lot more to it i mean definitely there is more than that because uh, i mean carrier is, is a worldwide at least a europe-wide phenomenon and it's um it's something that uh in, in the whole history of Finnish music business, there there hasn't been a song which is sung in Finnish, which is uh, so sort of like a big hit in, in, in the rest of the Europe and even in England, which we've mm. <laughs> never expected because, uh, I mean, it's in our country, it's it's like uh, one of those impossible things to to, to reach the uh, chart in, in, in the UK. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other Finnish language song that's in the UK charts ever. Uh, yeah. I don't think I can think of any. Yeah, otherwise it's um, the UMK. It's it's not just the Eurovision or Carrier. It's it's. I mean, if you think about the, uh, well, Bess and a uh, few others that have been uh, the second places or Kuma, which is uh, which was one of the uh, the most played songs in in Finnish radio. It's. Um, it's something else. It's it's like uh, the competition itself. So focusing on this year, then, when are you actually getting artists who who are getting in touch with you, or when are you getting in touch with with artists for for this year? You know, the the seven 
acts you've got this year, for example. When oh, when I mean, do you? We just uh, we just call for everyone now. So basically, we're just telling them now that uh, next year is coming pretty soon, and maybe you should get ready to to write the song because the August is the deadline for the uh, for the songs. And until we hear the songs, we have no one. We usually go like um, Tapio Hakanen, who is our music director. So he's like, uh, he has to listen all the uh, the 400 songs each year. And he has to make like a short list, which is around around 40 songs. And after that, we um, we listen them with the, with the juries. And um, it's, it's hard work because we have to select only seven songs. Because now... Finland is at a point where it is getting, you know, big names. You know, Cyan Kicks are back. You had the Rasmus a couple of years ago. Carrier, you know, we, we've seen how big he's become. You are getting these big names come in. But as you say, just because they're a big name, it doesn't mean necessarily you are going to select them. They have to be paired with a great song as well. Yeah, well, for example, last year we had to to let go so many, so many uh, like uh, the artists that, are the big names in in Finland and, and also internationally big, but they just didn't get the song right. So I think it's the right decision anyway, because if, if they're not putting much effort for the production or anything, it's um, it's uh, it's really something that they have to understand also that uh, they really have to to take care that the, the demo version of the song, which we heard only demo versions at that point, that it would be uh, like uh, good enough for the uh, for the competition. And for example, Cyan Kicks, they have done so much work. I spoke to Cyan Kicks uh, recently, Susie, the, the the lead singer, and I said, "When did you decide you wanted to come back to UMK?" Of course, they were in a couple of years ago, yeah. and she said, "Straight after the final." <laughs> Straight after the final, she decided we want to come back. That must be that's a compliment to you and your team, right? Yeah, it is, and uh, we we really really loved the, uh, the the Cyan Kicks on the first round because they really concentrated on anything. I mean, everything that we told them to do, like a homeworks or anything, they just uh, they performed well. I mean, it was so nice. But also, I think Susanna she learned so much from the UMK. Last time, I think um, the the sort of like stage fright that she had got away and everything. So it's it was a nice experience for them as well. How proud are you of of the lineup we've got this year? Then, well, I wish we would have had one song more, which I really loved. But it it was the uh, I think it, on the ninth place or something. Oh, really? And it didn't get in. So I, I wish that we could have uh, like eight. At performances, but I'm I'm really glad that we we have these seven. Yeah, it's uh, it's. A nice I want to ask. I want to ask you more about this other artist. Obviously, you can't tell me what it is or who it is or what the song was, but that shows that kind of level, doesn't it? You know, they were just on the edge of of nearly being chosen. Did you almost just change the rules just so you could have one more? <laughs> no, no, no. We can't do that <laughs> at that point because uh, almost it's it's a reality. We don't have enough money to produce seven music videos seven performances and everything so it's it's like it all added up adds up like uh, if we have one more we should have uh lots of more money and it's, <laughs> it's impossible then 
Can I ask you about uh, Jesse Markin? We yeah. uh, we spoke to him on the on the podcast a, a couple of weeks ago, and he had made a, a statement on social media, and we asked him about that regarding his participation in Eurovision if he was to win. Yeah. I don't know if this is something that you have a, any thoughts on that you'd be happy to to share with us now, because obviously it's a it's a huge statement for him to have made. Yeah, I mean Finland is. Uh... Like a democratic country, we we don't force them to go to the Eurovision if 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 they don't want to go because that'll be a crap trip. Because if if, if someone would like to to perform there, I mean, in in the contract wise, we could do that, but we don't want to because it's uh it's up to him really. And I I wish that uh, he would change his mind, but um, yeah, well, let's see. I don't know. Maybe he does. Yeah, I mean, when we spoke to him, he said, you know, if he was to win, he would he would still consider it and he would see what the public had to say as well. Maybe he would change his mind if the public actually wanted him to go as well. But it's worth you saying it's not actually in that contract you signed to, to take part in UMK that you have to then go to Eurovision because it's a separate competition, right? It is. It is, yeah. And is there some sort of backup plan as well if, if there oh, was an course, artist yeah. who won yeah. and... Uh, Maybe you can guess it, but, you know, I'm not going to tell you it. <laughs> yeah, I think we could possibly guess it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, focusing on, on more positive stuff as well, then, uh, just to think about Finland at Eurovision this year. You know, you went to Eurovision last year with Carrier, as we mentioned, second place overall. You won the Televote. You won the semi-final as well. It's a high bar uh, that he set last year. A difficult job to try and beat that for whoever goes to Eurovision for Finland. Yeah, it is. But uh, we always have the same plan. We we just want to go to the final. That's that's uh, our first goal, and then we just want to land as far as I mean as high as we can. I think uh, I'm surprised to hear that even for for you in Finland, qualifying to the final is still that number one goal. Just to you know, well, the first goal rather to achieve yeah. that and then let's see what happens next because I think for a lot of people they would think well Finland have done very well recently they want to achieve a lot more than just qualifying surely well, they're going to qualify I mean, of course we want to win I mean that that is but I don't know if that's uh, relevant to say because it's uh, it depends on so many things that uh, mm. I think if, if I would say that uh, we want to win yeah maybe maybe I say <laughs> we, we want to win the Eurovision yeah but uh we are happy if we go to the final and, and for the left side of the scoreboard. That's that's our plan, yeah. And how much of a role do you play in the Finnish delegation at Eurovision? Are you travelling out to, to Malmö this year, for example? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's uh, it depends on the year, really. I mean, my job is to to make sure that everything goes well but uh, and for the whole team. But, um, yeah, there are other people who, who take care of the uh the performance and uh you're there just in case <laughs> maybe you could say that yeah <laughs> oh Ansi, thank you so much for your time i really 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 appreciate it i know you're very busy as much as you won't say you are uh, i can guarantee you are busy in comparison to to a lot of other people i wish you the very best of luck for for umk uh and uh, hopefully a, a very successful night for for finland at eurovision as well come may yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Euro Trip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media.
at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So this is the Eurotrip Podcast, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. And James, a lovely chat there with someone we don't hear from very often, giving us a very interesting insight into UMK. So thank you very much to you and thank you to Ansi as well, who was chatting to you there. Yes, it was funny, wasn't it? Because we went from just that high energy that uh, that Susie had from Cyan Kicks to the most laid-back man you've probably ever heard in your life in Ansi. Just those levels of, of, of energy were just totally opposite ends of the scale, but it, it fascinating nonetheless from him. And I feel like that's recognised as well and represented in the music that you get in UMK, because you've just spoken about two completely different personalities, both Finnish. All very different songs in UMK, as is very often the case, and just kind of reflective of the the varying degrees of, of Finnish society, all represented in the songs we get in UMK. Yes, indeed. So uh, a great show to look forward to on Saturday night. But shall we end the podcast this week, as we always do, with the one second song? And before we go any further, Bob, some admin to go through because of what happened last week and the scandal around the points. Can I just confirm there's no scandal? I would like to say (laughs) that this puts to bed that there was no scandal. I said last week I thought the scores were U7, me 6. But we did say, Martin, if you're listening, let us know if we're right. Martin is a long-time listener to the podcast and has been keeping a spreadsheet on the current scores and has been for a long time. Uh, Martin has, you'll be pleased to hear, James, been in touch. So, lovely. Martin said, Hi guys, just caught up on the latest show and heard that I've been summoned. You have indeed, Martin. (laughs) At some point, by the way, each of you listening will be summoned for something. (laughs) Just so you're aware. Uh, Martin said... It's a community, Rob. It's a community. It's a community and sometimes we have to do community service. I just want you all to to know that. Uh, Martin said, To be honest, I got slightly behind with the one second song scores. Not a a good start. Uh, But... Uh, He then said he is now caught up and he can happily report that the figures are indeed correct. And uh, James leads 7-6. He says, normally by now you would have given out a bonus point and forgotten about it. But uh, this year you're spot on. Keep up the good work, Martin. Thank you, Martin. Uh, So, James, I can confirm it is you, 7, me, 6. However, uh, this week you have an opportunity to extend your lead. I do indeed. You've chosen the song this week. So uh, shall we hear it? Indeed, yeah. For the first time, for James and all of you listening, here is this week's One Second Song. Well, well, well. Is that a good well, 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 or a it's confident a well, 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 or... well, well? It's one of the best well, well, wells I shall ever well, well, well. <laughs> wow, that's that's that is indeed confident. I mean, do you do you need it one more time? I don't. But for those who might, let's have it one more time. Well. Seen as you didn't need it again, but we have just heard it again. For the four points on offer, name of the song, artist that was performing the song, country they were representing, and the year that they performed at the Eurovision Song Contest. James, what's the answer? Well, like I was kind to you last week, you were kind to me this week because you've given me Eurovision winner, uh, specifically Charlotte Pirelli, Take Me to Your Heaven, Sweden 99. Should I be really mean and say that that wasn't, of course, Charlotte Pirelli's name when she... No? Shut up, man. Shut up, man. Don't you dare. Charlotte Nielsen, <laughs> as she was then. But you can have it. For four points, indeed, James, you are correct. It is Charlotte Nielsen with Take Me to Your Heaven, Sweden, 1999. Shadows dancing slowly on my wall. 
So then, James, I will say it out loud so we can remember for next week. It is now you 11, me 6, so a five-point lead. Any idea why I chose that as the one-second song this week? Was it because of what I thought was a, a huge omission by NRK in that interval act that they did in Melody Grand Prix at the weekend, where they did this wonderful medley of all the Swedish winners of the Eurovision Song Contest, but then made no reference to Charlotte Pirelli and Take Me to Heaven. They had people singing all of the other Swedish winners, but they never made reference to Charlotte Pirelli. So was this your was this your way of celebrating her? Uh, that is the easy answer. Uh, no, that's not that's not correct. Uh, what did Charlotte Pirelli do to Stig Carlson? That's what we uh, that's what we need to find out in time for next week's <laughs> podcast. Uh, no, right. So James, this is a, this is a long story, and I'm trying to remember now how this logic works. And I think I may have tried to be too clever for my own good. So apologies if any of this is wrong. So what have we spoken about on the podcast this week? Oh, we're going to elongate the story by me having to try and guess it now. Uh, We've talked about Finland and Norway. Right. So what happened when Finland were in Eurovision in 2010, when the contest was, of course, in Norway? What happened in 2010? Sweden didn't qualify. Sweden didn't qualify, but who else didn't qualify? I don't know. I mean, Finland is the obvious answer. Oh, yes, because we also talked about Finland on the pod. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, so Finland didn't qualify. Uh, when was the last time Finland didn't qualify? Uh, 2019. Who were they represented by in 2019? Darude. Now, we've got there. So <laughs> Have we? Uh, Darude is, of course, well known for which song? Sandstorm. And he released Sandstorm in... 99? And the winner of Eurovision in 1999, <laughs> representing Sweden, was Charlotte Nielsen with that song. Do you not, do you not have a full-time job you meant to like, put time and energy into rather than trying to come up with that convoluted route you came up with there? I like to think that everyone listening has really appreciated the hard work and effort that went into that. <laughs> Very good. Anyway, a reminder, the points are 11-6 to me. Yes, congratulations. Well done. Uh, well done to me. I think I deserve a point for the, the, the hard work that went into choosing that song. But don't worry, Martin, if you're listening for your spreadsheet, I won't award myself a point because I'm not sure that's allowed. But James, that that is it. Another busy, busy show. A busy, busy time in the world of Eurovision. Lots happening, lots going on, and also lots for you to listen to as well. We've already mentioned it, but on top of this episode, of course, if you haven't gone back and listened already, two episodes we gave you on Monday. Uh, the first one, of course, was the second episode of this year's series of Melfest Monday, where James is joined by some brilliant guests to preview uh, Melody Festival and Heat Number 2 and look back at what happened last weekend. So go back and listen to that. And then, of course, you can listen to another dose of James, where we've delved into our archives and pulled out your chat with Petra Merda, of course, when she joined us in 2021. Uh, we've called it Petra in her own words, and it is indeed that. She talks about her love of Eurovision, and at the time, how she hoped to one day present Eurovision once again. And as we now know, in 2024, she will. Yeah, been a really busy week for us. Four episodes in a week, actually, if we count Karin Gunnarsson from last Friday. In, in the space of se- less than seven days, four episodes. So either you're welcome or apologies from us for giving you so, so much. <laughs> uh, but either way, thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget, you can support everything we do here on the podcast uh, by heading over to buymeacoffee.com 
forward slash Eurotrip podcast. Uh, you can keep in touch and up to date with us online as well. We are at Eurotrip podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and threads. We are hello at Eurotrippodcast.com on the email. You can read all of our exclusive stories on Eurotrippodcast.com. And as well, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. 